BLP is back and today's episode is pretty heavy packed with news, especially at the top. And then at the end of the episode, we get into the main part of the episode, which is the mid-season awards. So we will be awarding players each award in the NHL, each main award in the NHL, if the season just ended today. But without further ado, let's bring in Tom and Russo as always. And boys, did you guys know tonight something is special on the NHL? Did you guys uh, do you guys know what it is or no? Take any Leafs, guesses. What is though. it? The Leafs play again? I don't know. Uh, Patrick Kane is playing number one thousand tonight. So really? good old just t- happening, eh? Yeah, oh, right. Feels like he's been here forever. So within a week span, we get I think Crosby, Crosby and, and Kane. Kane. So we're pretty blessed to have that. But there's a big piece of news we have to start with this episode. We cover the Calgary Flames and the Toronto Maple Leafs. But the Calgary Flames did something massive to their organization. Russo, you let us know, I guess, because you are the Flames fan. Yep. Uh, Been saying it for a while. Been harping on this. But ladies and gentlemen, it finally happened Thursday night after the Flames beat the Ottawa Senators. Jeff Ward was fired and Daryl Sutter the new head coach of the Calgary Flames. I, uh, if you guys have listened long enough, if you heard the episode with when we, when we had Mike and Jordan on, if you've been listening, you know I've been pushing this basically since the beginning of the year, and thank God it finally happened. Jeff Ward's out. Obviously, things didn't go as planned. Things didn't work in Calgary with Jeff Ward at the helm, even going back to last year in the bubble. Um, but it's about damn time. Because this team, I don't know if Daryl Sutter will be able to save this team right now. Just given how far behind the eight ball they've gotten themselves. But even going into next year and the year after, he signed a three-year deal. Um, this is really great news. And in terms of Daryl Sutter, I'm actually excited. Um, but just quickly on Jeff Ward. Um, I keep hearing all this bullshit about, oh, well, he's a great guy and this, this is not. I don't care. Quite frankly, I do not care if Jeff Ward's a this great dude and he got fired, whatever. I don't care. He was a bad coach, straight up. And I, I do feel bad for him in a sense where he probably was put in a position he should have never been in in the first place. He should have never been in as head coach. He should have never had been given um, that chance there. Um, but in mm-hmm. saying that, with Daryl Sutter coming in, it's like... It's all. I almost feel like this is a new era, um, even though it's particularly the same core. Um, I'm excited because I think people tend to forget with Daryl Sutter, is even though like his tenure in LA kind of ended on a poor note, the players locked him out of the dressing room and all this. Daryl Sutter is a very good coach, and he wasn't out of a job because no one offered him a job. He was out of a job because he even said it that there was only two teams he wanted to come back and coach. And that would have been the Flames, obviously. And the other was the Chicago Blackhawks. And they got their guy in Colton. And I don't really know if there would have been a fit there. But um, Sutter obviously won his two cups in L.A. Two very good teams he coached, obviously. He, he kind of came in that first cup in L.A. He came in kind of in a similar situation. He's coming into now where the Kings were out of a playoff spot, not really living up to what they could have been. He comes in, they squeak in to the playoffs, like literally that last weekend, if you guys can remember, and they go on and have that unbelievable run and win the cup. And then obviously they did it again in 2014. And I've heard people say, oh, he's this old time kind of coach, this, this, and that. Well, everything he kind of did in Los Angeles, he pushed the pace, you know, he kind of played a a forward game. Um, 
if you look into his microstats and all the analytics and kind of all the numbers, they all supported LA being an insanely dominant offensive team. Um, I'd have to try and find everything that um, the In the Dome guys pulled up on Sutter, but they basically ranked top five in every single offensive metric between 2014 and 2016 when he was there, which is pretty, pretty good um, for a guy that's old school. I think this is a huge good thing for the Flames. I think, you know, he's going to let Matthew Kachuk be Matthew Kachuk, which is the biggest thing. Um, I think he's going to take no shit. It's going to be a no-hold-bar kind of thing um, with this group, especially when there's been so many times this season where they've looked uninspired or even just lack of care. Like, that game against Ottawa. Um, Which one? The other, like the, the other. sorry, the, the most recent one. The other one the other night where they lost in the shootout. For the first two periods, they just looked like they didn't care. And I know Daryl Sutter is technically the head coach, but he wasn't there, obviously. Um, it just looked like they didn't care for those first two periods. And like I said it to, I said it to you guys that like this is probably the most depressing Flames team I've ever watched, and that includes the 15, 16, and 17, 18 years. Just no one looked like they cared. It was just kind of all over the place. The third period was a lot more inspiring, and I hope that we get a lot more of that under Sutter. That game against Edmonton was really good to watch. I thought. They pushed the pace the most of the game, and they got McDavid in the end. They got McDavided in the end, um, but I, I'm excited. I think for the first time in a really long time, I'm excited to see what Daryl Sutter can bring to this team because you know he's going to be on these guys. You know he's going to be a hard ass on them, um, and I think these guys do tend to play better under a hard ass. We saw it with. Um, I know they weren't great under Bob Hartley, but Bob Hartley got a lot of them in that 14-15 year. And obviously, with you know before all the Bill Peters stuff, he got everything out of this team in that 18-19 season. Um, so I think this is going to be a good thing for this team. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, Johnny Gaudreau, he's not going to... Where does he fit under Daryl Sutter? Like Eric Francis was going off about this, like perimeter player, this like shut, like whatever. Um Johnny Gaudreau has thrived under these kind of guys. Like he had his best year under Bill Peters, um, and he's having a good year this year. So um, I think he's gonna really change some things around here. And um, I'm gonna put this on the core now. This is on the core. You have your fifth coach, 100%. at least in the at least in the Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, Matthew Kachuk, Mark Giordano era. This is your fifth coach now. Mm-hmm. We screamed for a new head coach. We got one. This is on the core now. If they falter, if they look uninspired, if they look like they lack a give a shit in this last half of the year, which we're in now, um, I think then you have to take a hard look and say, okay, maybe it's on the players now. And then you got to look in a different direction. And well, it is. Um, it's also it, in the press box too, Tree Living. It's Yes. Oh, this is... And I saw a lot of people saying, how did they let Tree Living get his <laughs> fifth coach? Well, I, like, that's what I, I would do, say. Of like, I how many times does this, a GM get their... I don't think I've like, ever seen a GM three, get five four coaches. coaches. Like, not Maybe many Mark GMs. Bergevin. Yeah, Mark Bergevin, well, different He's had a thing. lot of rope. The He's had a lot of rope Alberta there. doesn't have their own language and a select no. few GMs they can pick. But, like, how many coaches does a GM normally get? Not, not very this many. many. Not, like, usually it's two. And if you're over yeah. two, then you're usually looking at an issue. Two or given, three... And given the whole 
the whole Bill Peters, Jeff Ward thing, they didn't have a choice. So I don't no. fully blame Tree Living there. But that's still four? Yeah. You're still but, over how many coaches you normally Yeah, get. and to be completely honest, I don't necessarily know if this was a Tree Living decision. This seems like it was ownership. I think ownership might have been, all right, enough is enough. And because it's not like Brad Tree Living to make a move like that. It's yeah. very unlike him. He's very <laughs> sit back and watch what happens. Um, this seems like it's an ownership thing. And we talked a few episodes about like, or a few episodes ago about how like we, none of us thought the Calgary Flames had money to pay for a coach. No. We, we didn't think they would be able to do it financially. And if they did fire Ward, it would be for another kind of uh, less veteran coach, somebody that they didn't have to pay the big bucks for. Yeah. And then Sutter got a three-year deal or two and a half, two and a half I guess you could much. say. Yeah. Which that's kind of a, at least a bigger commitment than what we thought. And if things don't correct themselves the way they should or the way you would hope for, I mean, Daryl Sutter through kind of a rebuild, that mm-hmm. third year could be a little bit rough, but I don't think you want to look too far ahead of that. And that's not what you're aiming for when your job is to win now. Mm-hmm. And like they can, the Flames aren't that far out when Montreal no. and Vancouver are the two teams ahead of them. And it's four points. Granted, they've played two more games than Montreal. But it's still very possible that they could squeak into that fourth spot. And you have to remember that this is such a different year where you have all these head-to-head games. The Flames still have a lot of games against Montreal. They have a lot of games Vancouver. They have a lot of games against Edmonton. In, In a matter of four games, they can be ahead of any one of these teams, right? Because of how the season is and how it's structured, the head-to-head thing. You go on a run, you you can get in. This isn't this isn't like any other year. It's different, and you got to win a lot of those games in regulation, especially against those teams. Every um, game's a four point game. Every game's a four point game, which is, I think, um, it could benefit the Flames if they get on a run. This things can go well, but we need to really see what Sutter's going to do. And um, <laughs> it's kind of funny to think that this is the Flames' first legitimate good head coach. Since Daryl Sutter, <laughs> like the first time, yeah, um, I think that's kind of fair to say. say. If you want to say Mike Keenan, you well, no, Bill Peters, say, ah, he was Team know, Canada coach. He was on the roster for Team Canada. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but it is, it's big, and I, I'm excited. I think there are a lot of people skeptical <laughs> with Sutter, and I was a little bit at first. But see, I think that's where like he's almost kind of the perfect guy because he is the hard ass to wear. Uh, players will play better for him, and he seems like a little bit more of a fixer in this situation, which is kind of exactly what you need. Yeah. But he also takes the... A lot of people would describe him as, like, play an old style of hockey, but I'll embrace all of the new data that I have available to me, and I think that's something that fits this team quite perfectly. Yeah. That um that press conference he had, the, the hilarious one over Zoom that they <laughs> did, um, it did give me a lot of hope. The way he was talking, he, you know, he said like he he embraces the analytics. He thinks it's a very uh, positive thing for the game. He wants to play a new style kind of way, um, and that that gets me excited. I think this isn't you know we're gonna play hard or you know yada <laughs> yeah. yada yada. He's embracing kind of what the new age, and he's got a lot of time to look at it. 
you know, and um, his first practice is going on right now um, at the moment. Um, so we'll, we'll see. His first game is on Thursday um, against Montreal, which is a that's a big game, humongous game. Just real quick before we move on, they are practicing right now. Haley Salvian, a reporter for the Athletic, she's with the Flames, just tweeted, "Just witnessed a lengthy bag skate for anyone for anyone wondering how practice is going." So Daryl Sutter's first practice, <laughs> and he's already um, put in the ringer. God, is, I, I uh, can't I, wait till Ronaldo plays every night. Oh my God, that's that's <laughs> probably gonna happen. Isn't he it? loved um, Dwight King. He loved Clifford. He loved Lewis. Ronaldo's to be nice fair, guy those out. guys were at least a little bit. Useful. Oh, hundred percent. I don't think Zach Ronaldo's in that. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so they. I, I'm even just looking at videos right now. They are. <laughs> They are definitely... Um, yeah, but that's a guy you want to play for. You want to give your yeah, heart and soul man. for, man. Yeah, like, man. It is. This isn't like some Jeff Ward where... Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. You're, every night it's the same thing. Oh, we had to compete. This the, Sutter's going to put them through the ringer. And yeah. I'm pumped. And I even think, in like the Battle of Alberta, they look like they wanted to play for him, and he wasn't even behind the bench yet. Oh, yeah. That game was awesome. Like... Kachuk was banging around. Lucic yeah. <laughs> got into a fight with Darno Nurse. Kachuk fought James Neal. Like screw James Neal, but that was awesome. Like I'm like, and then Ronaldo got into a fight the other night. Like Daryl Sutter hasn't even been behind the bench <laughs> yet, and we've already had three fights in two games. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I'm I'm super 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 excited um, for what the Daryl Sutter era is going to bring. Will it be good? Hopefully. If it's bad, I don't think um, he's he's going to make it through his three years. There's no way he's getting fired. Um, he has in to. These... He will. He will. And again, like Tom, like you were saying, the whole um, will the third year be the rebuild year? Probably. Um, but I think they're going to go for it this year. I think they'll go for it next year. And what are the two not what are the two things with next this year and next year? Johnny Gaudreau's under contract. That's why I think they're going to go for it. Um, I think they're going to go all in with Gaudreau, and then in that third year, if that's a you know retool, rebuild kind of year, then uh, we'll we'll go from there, and I think we'll move on. Um, like I said, I'm excited and I'm super stoked for uh, Thursday night. We'll see where it goes. Uh, moving on, the Leafs dropped two to the Canucks over the weekend. Um, two kind of Thatcher Demko games. He played extremely well. Uh, they play again tonight, I believe. Is it tonight? Yes, they go again? against yeah. the Jets. Oh, they're playing the Jets tonight, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I didn't really see too much of those two games. I, I saw Jake Vertan have a couple of nice goals, and uh, he did some good stuff with Elias Pettersson out of the lineup. But um, I'll let you guys kind of take over because I did a lot of the talking early on. So, um, what are your thoughts on those two games at uh, Leafs Canucks? All right, Thomas, how predictable was this after annihilating the Oilers in three straight <laughs> that they lose back to back in regulation? With Freddie Vancouver Anderson in the lineup. Yeah, with Freddie. <laughs> like, we saw this coming, and or I guess in hindsight, we should have seen this coming. Just They lost to the Canucks, and that's two games I guess you could have won, and they got Thatcher Demko. I said Thatcher Demko is going to be a good goalie. Look at who their starter is this year. It's not four-point-whatever-million-dollar Braden Holpe. It's Thatcher Demko, and... They lost two in regulation for the first time in 26 games I think they've played. They lost two in back-to-back games. I'm not I'm not hung up on that. It was bound to happen at some point, and we'll see how they bounce back against the Jets. But uh, it was two games you could have won. 
two games you probably had the opportunity to and like especially in the second one when they had all the momentum to start the third period and just lost it vancouver got two quick ones back yeah and then the Leafs were pushing for the final five or so minutes and then marner just dropped pass back to i forget who it was and then it went right to hoglander and man what a rip that shot was just off the back bar and out so quickly you didn't even know it was in and mm-hmm. it was game yeah um i'm not heard about it they'll nope. come back and like like i said it was bound to happen at some point you can't win every game and mm-hmm. like we're still comfortably at the top of the division i have zero worries a little bit upset but uh thomas let me know your thoughts exactly cause... same like zero worries in the world right now like yeah you can't be upset with a team who's I think I think still first in the league, correct? Am I wrong here? Or, I, I I'm pretty sure the they are, but they're third in point percentage now. Right, but like honestly, like what you just said, it's perfectly like it perfectly explains my opinion as well. Like zero worries. They you're bound to drop two against a team lower than you in the standings because you're at in first, so it's bound to happen. Whether it's a sense. And they looked good doing it. Yeah, they didn't look bad. I mean, the goals weren't there, but. Matthews is on a three-game stretch where he hasn't got a point. Marner's on a two-game stretch where he hasn't got a point. So, not concerned, and but... W- Matthews is hurt. He's yeah. still hurt. Just, yeah. I think they have a four-day break next week. Yes. Just sit him out um, against the Jets, who I believe they play in back-to-back. Or they play three times this week. That's what it is. Yes. A three-game series against the Jets. And then they have four days off. Just yeah. sit him out a game or two. Or if you win the first two against the Jets... And just sit him for the next game. Give him a full week and a bit off, and come back. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not worried. It's it's just one, just one, two games. So it it give it get worrisome if they lost two straight today, like against the Jets this week. But I mean, then you go, then all the speculation goes when you're losing. It goes to that top six forward that we're still trying to get. I don't know how we're gonna get it. I don't know who it is yet, but. Hey, Ricard Raquel is playing some fantastic hockey right now, but he is. I would yeah. want more of a two-way guy who can pop goals more than a, just a skilled guy who can pop goals because we have some guys like that, right? So, but whoever it is, I think he's going to come here and help. I don't know how good the guy is, is going to be, but we'll see. I mean, it's honestly like Tom. I don't know how you feel about this, but like it's honestly like boring watching the Leafs right now. Is it? Is it just me or no? Yeah, like I've even when they win. Yeah, like I'm going on walks at night in between like <laughs> intermissions and stuff and I'll come back and it's like okay I have 18 minutes between uh, end of the period and then puck drop the next I'm like oh it's been 25 probably five <laughs> minutes from the period I'm I'm not too hung up on watching them because like it's it almost doesn't feel like competitive yeah and it doesn't because like it's the same thing we run into every year, and I hope this isn't an issue we have down the line with them, of, like, Tampa's in first, Boston's in second, we'll finish third in, in right. the division. Yeah. Perfect. Great. We know this is where we are. We're going to get complacent around February. Well, we're starting to hit that mid-February <laughs> the fine in form. a different season. We know we're finishing first. I mean, uh, only six points up on Edmonton, but with a game in hand, and so it's really like a seven or eight point difference Mm -hmm. it's it's something to where i don't need to watch every second of this team even though it's fun and i like to man it's crazy how like the perception i guess not perception but like the way you guys talk about like how we're in first and 
you know, the games were kind of boring. Like, it was so different for me a few years ago when the Flames had that in eighteen nineteen when they were, like, the second best team in the league. I was so fired up every night watching games because I was like, this never happens. This never happens. They've never been like, this good. Especially against in the three games set against Edmonton where yeah, I they're guess in it is second place. And it was like, okay, well, if Edmonton wins all three, then they're in first. Okay, but then the odds of that aren't very high and – then the least won the first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then they win the second. Okay. Edmonton can't catch up to you in this three-game set. You just won two. Oh, then you destroyed them in the third. Oh, they're the second-place team. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah, isn't fun anymore, enough. guys. Yeah, I guess it is different when you're not playing the other 30 teams. Yeah, like if and you're not you were, beating up on the other 30 teams. Like, in the year the Flames finished second, you still played the first best team, the Which third, the Tampa. fourth, the yeah. fifth. Fair enough. And this year yeah. we haven't played Vegas it, or Tampa or Boston or anything Colorado. that's been fun, right? That's true. So. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, in that sense it is a little different. Um, it'd probably be a little more fun if they were doing this in a normal season. Yes, way more fun. Way so, more fun. Hey, you know what? They can do it next year, and I wouldn't even be surprised <laughs> with the kind of team that they've assembled. So, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add on that. Yeah, Any, no, we can move on. Yeah. Cool. Um, moving on. Um, Tom Wilson, he threw that hit on Brandon Carlo, uh, last week, created a lot of buzz, a lot of, um, a lot of talking points. He got suspended seven games, um, for that hit on Brandon Carlo. A lot of really, there were a lot of Next. different point of views on it. I thought yeah. Alex Ovechkin came out, he called it a joke. Um, and it seems like Ovi's He's had a really pissed off kind of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like every time he talks, it's like he's mad. Well, um, maybe don't suspend him for hanging out in a hotel room with his friends. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> he's still angry it, about that. It, for it seems sure. like, oh, for 100%. But uh, this Wilson hit, anyone arguing that it's not dirty? Unnecessary. Very unnecessary. unnecessary. Just. I get where maybe some people come from on the hit, but it was it was dirty. It was up high. He it was it was a charge. You, you could have called a lot of different things on this hit. He ended up <laughs> See, getting it for boarding. He got that's seven where for boarding. I'm. I forget who. Somebody put out a tweet and they're like, "It's going to be controversial," but mm-hmm. Tom Wilson's done nothing wrong on this hit, or there is no penalty on this hit. It is one hundred percent dirty. One hundred percent not acceptable in the game. However, there is nothing in here that he's really done wrong. And if you look at it, it's not charging because he does plant his feet for a couple steps. It's not boarding because boarding's technically from behind. That's actually false. Or Boarding is using the... the boards as like a propeller almost like yeah but i think what tom's getting at is boarding is usually from behind it usually is from behind usually is but um, like is this dude this is the first time anybody has ever been suspended for (laughs) For boarding boarding from in front of you yeah yeah i think frank sarah valley put that out where it's like this is actually the first suspension of the guy being for boarding but it was from in front of him but uh, it it looked to me like it was a lot to the head Mm -hmm. i don't know you guys Mm -hmm. his hands were high and he did catch Carlo's shoulder first, but only yeah, caught but it in a way that it deflected off. And the follow-through was straight to the head. Yeah. yeah. 
And you can see on Carlo's reaction, he was just kind of... He, he was dazed, for sure. For sure, yeah. Like, it almost reminded me of... Remember when James Wisniewski hit Brett Seabrook? Seabrook, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. years ago? Gonna, yeah, I was just going to say that. And it, it reminded me a lot of that, where it looked like Seabrook had no idea where he was. Yeah, and it was well, good, Carlo like, went to hospital. Like, right after the game. He's released now, thank God. Yeah. He's doing well. Um, but no, like, it, the weirdest thing to me is, like, I hate that... I don't get how the NHL rules it. Of how oh Tom Wilson isn't a repeat offender, but yeah, did they say he, that he's, he's so not, because he's played because he's played a certain amount of games. I don't know what the amount of games is. Um, he's not I considered a repeat offender. I think it's a like a time frame, it, 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 amount of games, time frame, whatever it is. It's stupid. Yeah. yeah, he got suspended less than three years ago for twenty games. Twenty and. You're considering him not a repeat offender after all the shit he's done. Yeah, it's once you're once you're in the books once. Yeah, you're always in it. It's like if you go to jail, right? You're always there. If you get released, but a certain time has passed, what are you not considered a felon? Are you not considered (laughs) a criminal? Man, oh no, no, because because two because two years of uh, (laughs) because two years have passed, you're no longer a criminal. Man, We're just like, going to ignore that guy you, you go shot to high in the school face. And, like, <laughs> say you got suspended in, like, fourth grade for punching a kid. That's still on your record by the oh. time you graduate high school. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's another thing where the NHL just has it backwards. But, like, yeah. Russo, I, in our group chat, I said, watch. It's going to be, he got 20 games before. In a full season, they could have given him 20 potentially again. You think so? Um, not necessarily, but they reduced it down to 14. Mm-hmm. I would have would have seen like 14 being okay, and then he appeals it again, brings it down to 10, and then you adjust for the shortened season. Right, right, right. I could, I said seven or eight, and that's basically my and reasoning. You, you got it, bang on. And no, I said eight as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and like, got it right on the, <laughs> right on the head here of like, as soon as they said as an in person hearing. There you go. You should be the I head was, of uh, was, player uh, safety, Tom. Well, man, I don't have a clothing line that's make hockey violent again. <laughs> I was kind of hoping for the realm of around 10 games. That's where I was. That's oh, where I, was I was hoping at. for it, too. But, but you got to realize player safety has no idea what they're doing. They really don't give a shit, to be completely honest. Like, but how many had, suspensions in a row did we have were two games? It, it was it was like a two-year run. Yeah, like, two games. No matter what you did, it was two games. Like, why have it at this point? Did yeah. you do something illegal? Two games. And it's crazy because we've ev- we even had like two slewfoots last week that were bad. There was the Brett Pesci one, which was brutal on um, Robbie Fabry, who has noted knee problems in did the past. Pesci ever get anything? He got a fine. That? He got a fine. He got the maximum five. Right. And then he got the fine before that game was over. He got the fine right after the game. That's it was what right it was. At, it was. It literally came out right after. I was like, well, that was quick. Um, and then Kaylee Yamamoto got yeah. um, the fine for his slew foot on Rasmus Anderson, which well, um, which it was. he kicked out his leg. I'm like, imagine if that yeah. was Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. The be outrage of calling for his head would have been like, oh, like kill this guy. But because it's Kaylee Yamamoto, no one cares. Well, right? so, and one more thing, like that thing that happened in this series as well, Ovechkin on Trent Frederick. Are you kidding me? That's oh, a game. Right. The, that the, is a game. The, That's that spearing. Shot, that was, that That's at least And like again, like I said, Ovechkin just seems angry this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was funny because Frederick tried to fight him in that game. 
he like dropped his gloves and Ovi just like looked at him. He's like, what are you <laughs> Frederick's doing? been all over the place this year. He, I love I, that guy, he's, man. He's been he's been a fire. He's been a he's been a he's spark like, for them. He's the perfect Boston Bruin, man. Oh my god, yeah, like fits that model so good. Just, what a guy. He just yeah, he fits that team perfectly, yeah. and all the time they just run into people. Yeah. So um, I guess moving on. Um, from you know, good old tomboy over here, um, Matt Barzell scored potentially the goal of the year against the Sabers the other night. Holy Absolutely, holy shit, that was unbelievable. He fights off Rasmus for the line. If you haven't seen this goal, just look up Matt Barzell goal. It'll probably be the first one that pops up. Um, fights off Rasmus for the line. He gets in free. Goes between the legs. Um, was it Sorokin or Verlamov in that? I, oh no. What am I saying? They play on his team. Olmark. Uh, it was Linus Olmark. I don't know why I was thinking of Sorokin or uh, Varlamov. But it goes he scored on his own net. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he beat Olmark. It was freaking beautiful. Like, Matt Barzell, he's had a really good start to this year. He's been on fire, and I think there's been a lot of people complaining that he doesn't score enough goals. Well, he's scoring goals. Does he have nine um, this year? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, something yeah like I have him in fantasy. He's doing a pretty bang job <laughs> for me, even though my teams have all sucked this year. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, like unbelievable. Just the way he did all that. Like that's yeah. such a that's such a superstar level play to have the kind of you know, sense of what to do. And like you saw I, I don't know, did you guys see the Montreal shootout? Thomas Tatar tried to go between the legs last night. Embarrassing. That was like, embarrassing. To, to try and tie the game, he goes between the legs and Thatcher Demko makes a save and Vancouver wins in a shootout. That was that was odd. But Barzell did it. <laughs> It wasn't yeah. as nice as Matthew Kachuk's against Nashville, though. I'll no, say no, that. no, no, no. Because that was a tip in the high slot. That was that was a freaking <laughs> that banger. Was that was a banger ridiculous. from the high slot. Just ripped it top cheese, but yeah, probably oh, um, probably the goal of the year right now. Yep. I'd say. Oh, absolutely. And if funny stat line, if you look back at the last three Sabres Islanders game, these five yes. were all three of them are five two Islanders. That's nuts. <laughs> So Which crazy. poor Sabers. Barry Trotz is freaking smirking on the bench right now, boys. Oh yeah, because like they're they don't give up anything, and then when they do, they have Varlamov playing Vesna like this year, <laughs> and then you have Sorokin yeah. who's having a pretty solid start to his NHL career. So yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty. They've had a pretty decent start. The Islanders. It's, every year I write them off saying they're not going to make it. This year they falter, and then they always just find a way. It's, yeah, yeah. Those damn Islanders, man. Um, just before we get into our midseason awards, I just want to cover two things really quick. Jake DeBrusque will be a healthy scratch for the Bruins tonight, mm-hmm. which yep. does that start circulating trade rumors? I mean, I would be all over Jake DeBrusque. Um, I think he's a pretty good hockey player. You know, now, the least would never do this, but that would actually be the perfect kind of guy that they want in that top six. Yeah. Has the I, skill. I would... I would uh, I'd love to see him in Calgary. I think he kind of, you throw him maybe with Kajo Monaghan, he's kind of there. He's going to go retrieve pucks for you. He has a lot of skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I like Jake yeah. DeBrusque. He's a, I'm surprised they're scratching him, but apparently it's an he, effort he's, thing. So. I've seen on Twitter from Bruins fans that he's had a pretty brutal start to the year. Yeah. Um, so maybe this gets him going. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to cover real quick is that Jack Eichel, um, out tonight with injury, Elliot Friedman reported it could potentially be long-term. So, and by long-term, does he mean this could finish his season? Um, The Sabres aren't making the playoffs. They're not going anywhere. Um, But if Jack Eichel's season is over, 
Did have we witnessed his last game in a Buffalo Sabres? Have uniform? we seen the last game of Jack Eichel in a Buffalo Sabres jersey? <laughs> well, on headlines the other night, uh, Chris Johnson and Elliot Friedman basically said almost all of Buffalo is up for sale. Sam Reinhart's on yeah. the block, uh, which that's a super intriguing piece for yes, me. I love Sam Reinhart. I mm-hmm. love Sam Reinhart. I think he's a really underrated player because he's playing Buffalo. Uh, but with Eichel being out long-term, this team's already not make the playoffs. That just makes things even worse for the Sabres. So for Jack Eichel's sake, I hope it's not long-term because I love watching him play, even though the Sabres are god-awful. Um, <laughs> he's an awesome player. I just, you know, hopefully he gets better soon. Um, so I guess we'll get into our midseason awards. Yes, sir. All right, so basically what we're going to do, we're going to name our winner. If you guys didn't... Um, See, at the beginning of the year, we predicted awards. This is going to basically be, if the season were to end today, who we would think win, except for the Art Ross and the Rocket, because those are counting numbers, obviously. Those we're just going to yeah. we're gonna predict, basically, who those uh, players are going to be. So, Thomas, I'll yes. start with you. Run uh, down so, your list. Um, who are your, Who's going to be your winner, and then who's your two nominees? Yeah, so winner, I think it might be obvious for all of us. Art Ross is for Connor McDavid. I think it's his award to lose every single season he steps on the ice. Even when the Leafs shut him out in three games, basically, he's still getting three points against the Calgary Flames and makes up for it. But the second guy I have is Leon Dreisaitl, his now line mate, which is pretty interesting for the Oilers. And then Mitchell Marner of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just think that uh, I know Austin Matthews, I may, maybe some of you guys have him and people listening might have picked him for the Art Ross, but I just think Marner's going to be dishing out it all year, and when it comes down to the end of the season, I think he's going to be in that conversation. So, Connor McDavid, Dry settles a runner-up, and Mitch Marner has another runner-up. Oh, you want to, you, you can run through your whole list if you want. Just no, I'll just go. Let's just go one at a time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll go one at a time. Marissa? Um, yeah, for me, the Art Ross, I got McDavid. This is like you said, Thomas. It's his award to lose. Um, he's the best player in the world. He is putting up these numbers for a reason. He does it basically alone every night this year. Now he's, like you said, dry saddles on his wing. But um, this guy, he does it every single night. Um, he's pretty unbelievable. Uh, I got, and my runner-ups, I got Leon Dreisaitl. I think now that he's playing with McDavid, at least for the time being, he's going to get some points. Obviously, he's going to get his cookies on the power play. Uh, so Leon Dreisaitl probably there. And I'm going to go with Austin Matthews um, as my third guy. I think um, once you know he gets a little bit healthier, um, I think he's going to be a machine, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Mitch Marner is right on his coattails either. Thanks for ruining my picks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same list, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, who has had a, well, both of them have had a rough couple games, especially mm-hmm. Dreisaitl. And I just think as soon as they sort of regret or progress back to what they've been doing, they'll finish 1-2 in league scoring mm-hmm. for sure. And you said Mitch Marner. Or you said Austin Matthews and then hinted at Mitch Marner. I'm going to take Mitch Marner just because I think Matthews is going to miss a couple more games throughout the season and will just play less overall than Mitch. Right. So those are my three picks. Into the heart. Thomas, you want to take his way? Yeah, no, I think Russo could start it. We'll we'll switch up every time first off. I think we're all going to have the same answer for this. Um, The heart, Connor McDavid. Where are the Oilers without him? We Um, do. Do we know? Do you know? Yes, we do have the same. Yeah. Um, where would the Oilers be without Connor McDavid? Like I said, you know that the the game Saturday night against the Flames, the Flames probably deserved it, but Connor McDavid did <laughs> Connor McDavid things and pulls out a win for them. Um, I I don't think there's there's no doubt in my mind this guy's gonna win the heart. He'll probably win the Ted Lindsay too, which mm-hmm. that's one we don't have. Um, but I imagine he's gonna really um, 
he's going to clean house at the awards mm-hmm. this year. Um, I do have Austin Matthews. I think he's been so valuable to the Leafs this year. I know a lot of people love Mitch Marner, uh, but Matthews has been just so good every time he steps on the ice this year, a threat every time. And would the Leafs still be very good without him? Yes. Yeah. Um, but he's They haven't so, lost without him. They haven't lost without him, <laughs> which is crazy. But um, he's an unbelievable player, and uh, he's a big reason as to why the Leafs are where they are. Yep. Um, and my third spot, this is a guy I've kind of harped on, and Thomas would know. But, yes, uh, you Patrick, do. Too much. Patrick, Patrick Kane, I, I didn't even realize the type of year he was having until I started digging into everything. Um, this guy's probably the sole reason and probably his linemate, Alex DeBrinket, and obviously their goalie, who I'll mention a little later, mm-hmm. um, are where they have the Blackhawks right now. He, Kane's been having an unbelievable year. Kind of a little bit, I guess, of a resurgence, if you want to even call it that. He's been pretty good these last few years. But um, Patrick Kane, he's been amazing all year. Can't really say anything else. Yeah, we all have the same list, so I mean, we don't really have to repeat yeah. it. But head right into the Norris, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Might right as well. in. Yeah, I'll start. I guess Thomas, take it. A, you can take it from here. Yeah, for the Norris, I have Victor Hedman winning it. I mean, I don't think you guys have him on the list, but the guy leads his team in points with Stamkos and point playing. So I mean, that's pretty impressive, and he's a top leading point scorer defenseman in the league right now. My nominees is the next guy up, Charlie McAvoy. Just an unreal season after losing Krug and Chara. Just the question marks we had even going into the season was, is he going to step up as the number one D? I think the answer right now is yes, he has stepped up as the number one D. Just for the the record, um, I did not have those concerns, just for the record. Yeah, but I thought we all like kind of agreed that like we didn't know if he was going to be the number one. Nah, I was I was pretty confident in McAvoy. Okay, well your confidence he has uh, has definitely did a, did a right direction here. But then the, my next nominee is Jeff Petrie, who leads the Montreal Canadiens in points. So I mean, points is not beyond all end all of like defensemen in the league, but he's having a phenomenal season. He leads the league uh, with defensive goals with nine. So. I think he's got to have some consideration here. But uh, let's go to Tom next. What's your nominees and winner? Yeah, I got taking it home. Kale McCarr. All hail Kale. Bruce, I know you love him. All hail Kale, baby. Man, just the way he's taken over that avalanche defensive core is just impressive. And by all metrics, he's been absolutely outstanding for them. Uh, My other nominees... Jeff Petrie. Every night I look at the box score of Montreal, <laughs> yep. and it's how like it's th- is this the night Jeff Petrie finally doesn't score <laughs> and nine goals? You said and that's just incredible. And the Norris, even though it's best defenseman, it tends to be best offensive defenseman. Yep. And it, without a doubt, I think Petrie will get a nod for it. Uh, just like John Carlson every year got a nod for it, just because he put up so many points. And I think that baton's being passed down to Jeff Petrie a little bit. And then Victor Hedman, for the same reasons you said, he's just been absolutely outstanding on that back end for Tampa Bay. And there was a good article, and I don't know who wrote it, um, but it was basically, is Victor Hedman the best player in the world right now? And the answer was, Connor McDavid exists, but yes. Um, I'll let you take it away or so. Yeah, so my winner, it's the same as you, Tom. I'm going with Kale McCarr. Um, Smart man. He's, he's been the best defenseman in the league this year. His game's played. He's a little short. I think he's only at 15 due to Colorado uh, straight up having to like stop playing games for a week. Um, I know he was battling a little bit of an injury, but um, McCarr has been 
elite on both the offensive side of the game and the defensive side. His defensive game has taken a huge stride from last year, and he was already good defensively. Uh, now, you know, he's playing with Devon Taves, and they've been a really, really good first pairing for uh, Colorado. But he's doing everything on that back end for the Avalanche. They're, they're assembling an unbelievable defensive group back there. But Kale McCarr, he's leading the way. Um, he's everything that he was hyped up to be, and even probably more so. I don't know if people thought uh, he'd be this good, and he's arguably the best defenseman in hockey. I think you can make that argument. Um, my runner-up, I really flip-flopped between these two. Um, it could have easily been this guy as well, but Charlie McAvoy has been unbelievable for the Bruins. Uh, he's putting up points. Defensively, he's been just a straight-up wall for the Bruins, and like you guys said, maybe there was some concerns with McAvoy. Not really with me. I you know, thought he was going to be able to do this, and he, do- and he has been. Um, he can easily be my Norris winner, and I know there are a lot of people that have him pegged as the best defenseman in the league. Um, but, you know, you can make an argument he's top five. I can probably make it that he's top three. So um, if he were to win, wouldn't surprise me at all. So Charlie McAvoy. And uh, in my third spot, I had to go with my boy. Um, I'm going with Dougie Hamilton. Did you he's have to? Old. You know yeah, what? He's had a very strong year for the Hurricanes. Maybe kind of underrated in a way. Um, I know Victor Hedman's put up the points. Um, and I know you like the the Norse is supposed to be for the best defenseman. I know that you know, like you said, Tom. Um, it is kind of a points thing where if you put up the po- most points, you're probably going to win. Um, Victor Hedman's defensive game hasn't been um, particularly on the level that it has been in the past. And I'm not saying he's on a decline. He's still a top five, probably top three in the league. Um, but Dougie Hamilton's had an insanely strong year for the Hurricanes. He's leading that back end. Um, I believe he's producing at just under a point per game clip um so that's pretty damn good too so uh dougie hamilton he's the guy i'm going with um <laughs> there but uh kale mccarr is my winner um to me i don't think there's competition there between him and mcavoy all right for the rocket i'll start off uh austin matthews man even even though he's missed time uh it's this is his to lose and i he's just been on another level all season and his shooting percentage it was really high to start and he got hurt with the wrist injury and it's slowly dropping back and then it's currently a little bit below where he normally sits so i'll expect that plus him coming off the wrist injury once that heals will it'll jump back up and he'll get on his toward pace for 1550 which is looking slimmer and slimmer by the day but i can still hope uh, that one day he will hit 50 goals in a season. Then Connor McDavid, what more do we need to say? And a little bit surprising, I think, Alex DeBrincat. Is this a little bit of a shock for you guys? No, not really. On this list? No. Okay. Yeah, no, I just no, think, no, like, not at all. you guys talked about Patrick Kane's resurgence. The guy benefiting most from that's <laughs> been Alex DeBrincat. And no, he's just been putting up so many points, and he's looked really good with Kane. Uh, but yeah, Thomas? I have uh, Matthews winning it. He's in the lead right now, and he missed games. That's honestly pretty incredible by itself. I mean, missing yep. games and yep. still in first, pretty damn good. Next, Connor McDavid. Again, Tom, like you said, no explanation there. But then I can explain for this guy, David Pasternak. I have a third. Um, he has 10 yes, goals. Please explain because yeah, he has 10 I, goals. I questioned you a little bit. Yeah, you questioned me, but hold on. Let's go back to how many games he's played and stuff like that. Hold on a second. So he has... 10 goals right now that sits for 27th in the league but if you really look at David Pasternak he has two hat tricks in like two of those games 
So I know he's not scoring outside of that, but I think he could get definitely back to the pace he was doing before and get in that conversation for the Rocket. I mean, is Toffoli going to slow down? He hasn't yet, but Pasternak is Probably. definitely going to heat up in the end of the season because he's going to be yep. versing better competition. They're going to keep relying on him. Marshan Berger on that line's elite, so... Let's go, David Pasternak, man. Hope he gets there. And Pasternak's one of those guys where it's just like, it's like Ovi a few years ago. Right. Oh, he oh, he needs like three goals to hit 50 this season, <laughs> two games left. A uh, hat trick in the second last, I'll sit at the last game. Yeah, exactly. He's one of those players, he can just do it. So, yeah, Russo. Yeah, my list is actually the exact same as Tom's. They're awesome. Matthew's winning it uh, with the, I guess, the weaker division that the North is. Um, Matthew Zinni has fair share of goals. We, I predicted, we all predicted him at the beginning of the year to win the Rocket, and I have no doubt in my mind he's going to do it. Um, and number at number two, I think Connor McDavid's going to be right behind him. I can make the exact same argument for him um, that I would make for Matthews that strength of competition isn't really the best in the North Division, and mm-hmm. Connor McDavid's by far and away the best player on the planet. Yep. Um, and he has been scoring a lot of goals this year, and he's going to keep doing so as long as he stays healthy. So even if he wins, he really wouldn't surprise me. Um, and at the three spot, I got Alex Dabrinkit as well. He's had a real good bounce back here after last year was kind of a down year. Um, he's been really great, and him and Patrick Kane, they've been a great duo. They've kind of been... Um, they've kind of resembled a little bit of when Artemi Panarin was there. Yeah, maybe not as good as Panarin, but no. they've been they've been on that level. Um, which that was such a fun duo to watch, and these two have been just as great. So um, that's who I got for the Rocket. We'll move on to the Calder. I'll start it off because yeah, you'll the guy start it off. I've yep. been Go pumping this guy's tires <laughs> for like the past year. Um, Kirill Kaprizov, uh, he's come as advertised. Yep. he may even become better as better than people expected him to. He has been carrying that Minnesota team as, along with Cabo Kakinen, who's been really good in the net. Um, he's been as good as everyone thought he might be. And I know there's the argument of, well, he played the KHL for X amount of years. He's 23 years old. You know, I didn't hear anyone making these arguments about Panarin um, in the 15-16 year. Mm-hmm. So I don't, want, I don't want to hear it with Kaprizov. It's his first year <laughs> in North American ice. It's his first year... In the NHL, he he didn't get any preseason games. He got a shortened training camp. If anything, this is way more impressive than anyone could have thought, and especially playing in Minnesota where there isn't really much. Exactly. There. Yeah, you're right. Um, he's been awesome. Hey, they've been good this year. They have been, and he's been a very big reason as to why. He has been. Um, yep. My runner-up, uh, we, we talked about some rookie goalies earlier in the year, and the two main ones were Ilyas Rokin and Igor Shesterkin. I don't think anyone ever saw Kevin <laughs> Lincoln in his <laughs> But holy shit, this guy has been unbelievable for the Blackhawks. They the start of the year, their two goalies were Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban. They give this Lankanen guy a shot. Ah, what the hell? We're 0-5. Who cares? And this guy has been straight up unbelievable. You can make heart arguments, honestly, for him. Yeah, you could. Due you to could. how good yeah. he's been. Yeah. Um, where are the Blackhawks without him? They're probably not as good as they have been. Uh, he's been unbelievable for this team. And Lankanen is my real MVP of the Blackhawks. And I know a lot of people are going to say Caden Debrinket, but Lankanen's been standing on his head all year. And deservedly so. Um, my third Calder nomination, this one's a little out there. It's from the Ottawa Senators, but not the Ottawa Senator you would expect. Artem Zub. He came over from Russia. What? Yeah, he's had a very, yeah, he's had a very, strong year, yeah. very strong year for the Senators. 
Um, I'd argue he's been their best rookie this year, and I know Tim Stutzel's had a pretty uh, good run here. But uh, Zub, he's been superb defensively. Um, he's been you know quite good offensively, at least of driving play and um, creating offense. But defensively, he's been just as good. Um, and I know this one probably is a little out there, but uh, I've really liked what I've seen from Artem Zub. I've gotten to watch him five times in the last 11 days with him playing against the Flames, and he's playing on that top pair with Shabbat a little bit right now, and he's looked very good. And I think this is a, a pretty good piece for the Senators that they can use and build off mm-hmm. um, for many years to come. I've had I've had a lot of fun watching Artem Zub. So, uh, yeah. you know, he, he's not going to get the Calder votes, but I wanted to give him a little bit of love. Yeah, but that's some that's a theme we have to follow here, guys. Like, if you guys are listening right now, you we already know that Russo is out there with all his picks, so... You should be expecting this pick for yeah, that rookie. A I was off the wall, but I was no expecting. <laughs> you that. heard Ottawa Senators and thought someone else saw me. Eh? Yeah, I was yeah. like, Who <laughs> like what? Did you go Drake Batherson? <laughs> is he bad. a rookie? I don't no, he's not. But no, Zoot's been good, guys. Josh like, Norris. No, he has been good. Very good. <laughs> he's been he's been yeah. very solid on that blue line, and it's hard for guys that come over from Russia to be yes. solid on the blue line. We, Nikita Zaitsev very much was it. Igor Zhiganov. I know those are two guys from the Leafs. <laughs> kind of guys that I think of that come over from Russia. Like, Nesterov hasn't been great, but, like, Zub's been good. Yep. So I just, I want I wanted to give him some love. Yeah, you go first, Tom. Too. Fair enough. All right. Um, I think we actually have the same list, Thomas. Do we? With, yeah. We all have the same Calder winner. Kirill Kaprizov. Man, Russo, you were... Right about this at the time I picked Lafreniere because I I thought just he'd be giving a little bit more and all the metrics are there and he's going to turn it around eventually. But I knew Kaprizov was going to be one hell of a player and he really is and he's just walked away with this, I think. Um, Jim Stutzla. Yep. I got to throw him in there. I love him. Uh, The numbers haven't been quite there for him in terms of analytically in both He's ends been, of the ice but <laughs> the points have been and the rest of the game will come and on ottawa what more can he expect and he's been he's been fantastic for yeah, them he's, he's 18 and then kevin lincoln and Rissa, you said it every year there's got to be one random goalie that just pops up and every once in a while he gets a nod for the calder a few years ago it was bennington this year kevin lincoln and don't think the Blackhawks will win the cup, <laughs> but <laughs> he'll be nominated for it, I think, or the at least Link. deservingly so. Yeah, the Lynx uh, show. Yeah. Yeah, same yeah. Exact, exact list yeah. for as you, Tom. Obviously, you mentioned that, but the reason Stutzla, I have him there, is, dude, he's 18. He's the only, yeah. he's the youngest by three years in the conversation. Like, just look at the top, I think, six or seven yeah. scores in rookie scoring. He's the only 18-year-old, so... You want to yeah, watch Ottawa? You want to watch Ottawa? That, and like, it's like Pasternak thing? Yeah. Where, or not Pasternak, uh, Panarin, when he was like 25 when he won. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. but He's been good. Like, he's like, he's a reason to watch the Ottawa centers. I know, like, he doesn't have the p- points as, like, Kaprasov does, but, like, the shootout moves. He's, like, the one on Markstrom, Russo? Oh, Beautiful. my God. Beautiful. The hands, that like... That was nice. Yeah. He's going to be a player for yes. a little, Like, hit, like... We talked about it last episode, like this core the Sens got coming up, like Batherson, Stutzla, Kachuk, Norris, Artem Zub. I'll put his <laughs> name in there. Like it's it's exciting for Sens fans, and I'm I'm happy that they're finally kind of it's turning around for them. Like their their yeah. power play is so much fun to watch. They just mm-hmm. snap the puck around. Like I was like, I wish the Flames can be like this in the power <laughs> play. It's, it's it's impressive. So 
Uh, moving on, um, Selkie. And I'll start with you, Tom, because uh, this guy, you, you, you're you finished boy. You love this guy. So we'll start with you. Oh, no, wait. You picked someone Selkie. different. Yeah. Finish. Sorry, I thought I thought we were I thought there was gonna be a different guy there. Never mind. Okay, I'm concerned at who you thought. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> say now who's the guy you thought. Oh, who's the so guy you thought? I guess I guess I'll start then. I think this sure. is a no brainer, at least right now. I got Alex Barkov for the Selkie. He's been oh. lights yeah. out on both ends of the ice. Like this is what people thought Alex Barkov has always been. And this year, he is completely showing it. He's been a beast on both ends of the ice. To me, it's not even close right now for the Selkie, at least in my opinion. Barkov's been that damn good. Um, and he's a huge reason as to why Florida's been as good as they are. And he's doing it with not Jonathan Huberdeau on his wing. He's been doing it with Carter Verhage most of the year, who's having a very Jonathan Marshall-esque year. So um, I'm going to go with uh, Barkov. Um and my runner-ups, I got Sidney Crosby. He's been a real beast on both ends this year. Maybe a little bit underrated on that front, but uh, yep. I got I got Crosby. And then this one just for fun. He's I don't smiling. Actually, I already I, see him. I, now. I don't. I don't actually think this guy's going to get top three votes, but um, I got to show some love to Andrew Mangiapane, who's been arguably one of the Flames' best players this year. He, both ends of the ice, he's fantastic. He penalty kills. He plays against top competition. He's been really damn good. His all of his metrics are kind of off the charts right now and um there's a reason i have him over mark stone i I love mark stone i'm like mark stone's biggest fanboy uh but his defensive metrics haven't been um as good as um in the past so i'll give andrew mangiapani some love all right then i guess i'll just take right back over um noted finn mark stone is my sulky winner (laughs) (laughs) Uh, man, he's just had an absolutely fantastic year for Vegas all around. Um, what more can I say? Like, the Vegas Golden Knights one hell of a trade when they made it, and he's been everything they could have hoped for and, and more. more. Um, always in the conversation, and hopefully this year is one of those years that the that a winner can finally do it. Uh, but yeah, and then I do have Sasha Barkov for just all the reasons Barkov is consistently in the conversation, but never there. Uh, he's been fantastic. His puck skills are there. His just everything is offensive and all of his offensive threats and skills there. But on the defensive side of the puck, he's been fantastic in all three zones. And Sean Couturier needs to be yes. on this list again. He's been incredible for the last two years. Won it last year, correct? And... Yep. You can't have somebody win it and leave them off the next. Mm-hmm. That's just, at least not for somebody that hasn't really dropped off in uh, skill level. Right. He's just continued to grow, and he's been fantastic for Philadelphia. Yeah, to my defense, he's like fourth on my list, but I guess I'll list yeah, Mike Isaac. He was he was very <laughs> close for me too. Uh, the yeah. reason I had him yeah. off is, um, like my argument for Stone, his defensive metrics haven't been. Um, as good as the other three guys I mentioned, but he's very close as well. Yeah, I guess you kind of say I went kind of mainstream with this, but I am just pumping for Mark Stone to win the first winger to get the Selkie Award, so I have him at number one like Tom does. Uh, next, I have yeah. Ryan O'Reilly. Somebody do it. He has the most face-offs won in the league by, I think, like 70 face-offs taken. So, I mean, face-offs, whatever you want to say about them, they're really important because that gets you the puck in the offensive or defensive zone. So 
I got to always have him in the conversation. And then I have Austin Matthews. I think he's had a great uh, defensive year. I know his metrics may not say it, guys, but Matthews has been really great at the draw. I have him in fantasy. I know that doesn't mean anything, but the way he's been able to have positive in the faceoff dot this year is, is a step above. And I think that kind of helps with that guy with like Manny Malhotra and your coaching staff, who was a great faceoff player for the Vancouver Canucks as well. But I think having a guy like that as your coach, I know he's not maybe um, considered to be just a Matthews face-off coach, but that helps when you have a guy like that, I guess, in your coaching. Yeah, coaching. Thing. Yeah, that's one guy I was thinking about was Matthews, and just I feel like he'll be a little bit overlooked on the defensive side mm-hmm. just because of what he's doing offensively. offensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you can be as good as you are offensively and push for 50 and just be the league's best goal scorer. Right. And then can you win the Selkie while also doing that? And then that just, you would run away with every major award if you're the best offensive Correct, yeah. and defensive. No, you, I, you're it right wouldn't there. be close. Yeah. So that's just, I think his defensive game will get a little bit overlooked. Uh, if it's okay, I'll start yeah, off let's with go. the Vesna. Let's go. You go for it. Andre Vasilevsky. <laughs> Zero cool. questions. <laughs> Zero. Cool. Just, he's been the best goalie. Um, he broke the lightning shutout streak, I believe. Uh, against Chicago, he finally did it. I think he needed like five minutes, and Chicago scored ten into it, went up 3 nothing, and then as soon as one got in, they all won him, mm-hmm. and then Tampa Bay ended up scoring yes, they like did, four yep. or five straight. There was the five unanswered. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury. Is my next one. That one's a little bit, uh, I guess, unexpected, especially after last year and the whole sword through the back of Flurry and man, put that sword through the back of Robin Leonard. It's <laughs> like Mark Andre Flurry has just taken this team over. He is the guy. He's been absolutely incredible for them. And moving on, somebody that's kind of done the same thing, Semyon Varlamov. The Islanders have always played a very strong defensive game, and when you're able to do that, it makes your goaltender look ridiculously good in front of you. And they've made Varlamov look absolutely incredible for them. And to his credit, he's looked a lot better than Sorokin has when Sorokin's been in net. So the whole team defense thing, I guess you can have the argument of Varlamov has looked very good, where Sorokin, not quite to that same level. Uh, those would be my three, and I think they're all quite deserving. But Vasilevsky mm-hmm. will absolutely run away with this. Yeah, do, oh, go go go! Yeah, Vasilevsky, the big cat, Vesna winner right now. <laughs> um, Mark Andre Fleury, like you said, Tom. Yeah, he's. I've watched Vegas games, and he's like with the team in front of him that Vegas has. You'd think that the team would win you games, but sometimes it's Mark Andre Fleury winning them the games late in the third period. Yep. So. That's definitely got to be a nominee this year for sure. At any at one, two, three, anything you could put him at. Um, next guy, Philip Grubauer. He's a weird one for me because I have him in fantasy and I watch him closely. God, he's awful some games, but then when he's on his game, he's the best player on the ice. And that's including Nathan McKinnon, Landeskog, and Ranton in your lineup, and obviously Makar as you, as we mentioned before. So I have him at third, but another guy that can sneak into there is Jacob Markstrom if the Flames with Sutter can get going. He's a guy who can get in there for sure. But, Russo, who do you got? That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, I have the exact same list as Thomas. I got (laughs) Andre Vasilevsky. He's been by far and away the best goalie this year. Um, I kind of predicted him to be the number one guy at the beginning of the year, and to no one's surprise, he has been. Um, 
he's kind of making us look dumb for not putting him at number one in our goalie rankings. I had my one. He's been, well, you did, but as a, as a whole, we had him <laughs> yes, at number yeah. two. But he's been unbelievable. Um, you know, sometimes people say, oh, well, look at the team he plays on. In this case, he's been the best goalie in the world. No questions asked. Um, my runner-up, Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, it seems like every time some type of scrutiny comes this guy's way, whether it was the expansion draft in Pittsburgh where he was left exposed and then mm-hmm. ended up having one of his best seasons. And then last year when they bring in Robin Leonard, they sign him long-term. There's the whole sword through the back picture from the mm-hmm. agent. Um, and he's come back this year and Robin Leonard has been injured and he's been unbelievable. It's it's actually, I this is a guy that I, I've been, uh, you know. I know you have been. I know, I've, like he's not that good and he's... At 37, is that how old he is now? At 37 years old or whatever he is, he's been unbelievable. Um, and then I got Philip Grubauer as well. He's in a contract year. He's doing everything he can to secure a pretty damn good contract for himself. Yeah. Uh, he's been really great. Um, and like I said with Kevin Lincoln and shout out Kevin Lincoln, <laughs> and he's been that good. I think you could put him in this conversation <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, for man. sure. Yeah, you're, yeah but I agree. like, you know, like this guy, he's unbelievable. So, um, yeah, that's really what we've got. Um, for our midseason awards, and then obviously at the end we'll see how many we got right and how many yep, we got wrong. For but sure. I, I don't know. Is there anything you guys wanted to add before we sign off today? Player of the weeks. I mean, do we're gonna do that or? Yeah, we can do that real quick. Um, I'll go first. Sure. Um, I have Ricard Raquel Thomas. Hmm. You mentioned him earlier. He uh, four goals, four assists in four games this week. Eight points, driving Anaheim's offense. Been this guy can be a potential if he becomes available at the deadline. This can be a real good ad for a lot of teams. Uh, he's been real good. So I got him. He's my player of the week. I would love to bring Ricard Raquel home <laughs> to Toronto. Yes, that was the pick, right? Yep. That was the pick. <laughs> and John Gibson. Uh, anyway, my pick for player of the week is an actual noted Finnish person. Mika Rantanen. Yep. Uh, he's just been unbelievable on Colorado. Uh, letting it up a lot on the power play is three power play points this week, but four goals, three assists, and he's just been a powerhouse and everything that he needs to be for Colorado to be successful. He's just had a slightly above average week for his standards, which is enough for him to be my player of the week. Yeah, and then for me, I'm going to pick a guy we probably one of kept our eyes on all year. It's Thatcher Demko. We talked about him at the top of the episode. In the last week of play, he's 4-0 in four yeah. games started, and he has by far the most playing time in the past week with 244 and 7 seconds of playing time, which is the most by far. And then he has one shutout to do that, 9.69 save percentage, and a 0.98 goals against average. He's letting four goals in four games this past week versus the Leafs, versus the Montreal Canadiens. I know they won late last night, but whatever you've got to say about that, Jodemko, he's not the bubble. He is the bubble. He's been the bubble this past week, so I'm going to have to uh, say Thatcher Demko. That's big for Vancouver, too. Yep, that they is. they can get a above-average goaltending, because they weren't getting it at the beginning of the year. Nope. So, um, nope. Yeah. Um, I think that's really going to wrap it up, unless you guys have anything quick. Are no, that's good? it. That's it. All right. All good. All right. So, uh, like like always, thank you guys for listening. Um, we can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at the Burning Leaf Pod, um, and as well on YouTube, the Burning Leaf Pod. Um, And yeah, we will see you guys next week. Have a good one.